0: Greetings, everyone. My name is Michael Rosso. This is the Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for film people, geeks, fi- people who shoot film. Today, joining me—wait, what number show? I don't know. Oh, it's uh, April fifteenth, though. Oh, oh, that's right. How about that? We bypassed the April Fools just for you. That's right. Today, joining me is uh, hmm. Mr. John Fidelli. How do you do? And Mr. Matt Mirage. Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Matt, how are you and how have you been? It's been a while since you've been on the show.
1: It has been. Uh, I feel like I've almost been reclusive these past few months, but uh, it's it's been good, you know, kind of getting into the the swing of, uh, you know, maybe a slower approach to life, mm. <laughs> and it's it's nice, picking up a little extra side hobbies and uh, still shooting a lot of film and kind of retooling how I've been, I don't know, just approaching everything.
0: Do you... Do you think that people in the world, um, regardless of their situation, and I, and I know a, a lot of people are in situations where, if they're st- even if they're 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 healthy, um, that they maybe have an issue with losing a job or mm-hmm. being laid off or something unfortunate like that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to um, relate to folks to be optimistic, regardless of the situation. But do you think that this gives people an opportunity to kind of reset things mm. regarding their lives and their hobbies?
1: Oh, I definitely do. this is so yeah there's of course you can focus on any number of like you know negative things, but there's there's a lot of you know upshot and upside the the amount of time I've been able to spend on things that I needed to get done sure it's it's harder than ever to get those done, but it's nice when you finally do, and there's a sense of accomplishment and learning new things, kind of picking up a new routine. Um, it's just been nice to spend a lot of time with the family. You know, there, you, there's a breaking point. I'm sure John can, uh, can speak to that.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, Do you think the, the stay-at-home for many, many people in the world has been good for pets?
1: Oh, my. Oh, this is, this is peak time for pets.
0: I mean, pets don't, they, they probably are wondering what's going on. <laughs> That's that, why is everything so good? <laughs> like, why are you still here?
1: Oh yeah, the doggos are so spoiled. Strudel is like he's he's hugging my side about uh, twenty two hours of the day.
0: Oh, cute.
1: I'm sure that uh, many stay at home
0: pets, uh, whereas you know their owners are in the workplace and they're not getting as much time face time with their owners as they like. This must be uh, a real, a real what, John? Boon? A real boon for that? For love.
1: A boon for pet love.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how is the Zill doing, Matt?
1: Oh, she's great. You know, uh, essentially, I have a, I have a tiny little dog and I have a giant cat. So she just sleeps <laughs> all day, and she's kind of moody and sometimes weird. Sometimes she'll be running up and down this little like acre lot that we have, and she'll just like stop and stare at the sun, and just kind of like kind of like malfunctioning. You know, she'll just like stare. She's there's not a lot going on up there. She's not the brightest dog, but she's <laughs> And yeah, that's a greyhound. To, yes. She's uh she's a retired racer.
0: And greyhounds just like in the Bugs Bunny cartoons, they're just
1: really designed to chase rabbits.
2: <laughs>
1: What's um, up, Dad? Uh, they're they're trained to do those, but they have yeah, they have a prey drive for lots of little little mammals around and around. And you know, she's good at that, but she's lazy. Like incredibly lazy. She's a professional sprinter for uh, less than 1% of her life, and then she's asleep the rest of it. Wow. <laughs> those, those are pretty good uh, percentages. I'll take those. They're great, yeah. Lauren, as well? She's doing I mean, it's really funny, because when I started spending more time at home and kind of getting used to this lifestyle, she's Nothing has changed too much because she's been working from home doing uh, her illustration and commissions probably for the last couple of years now. So she's moved to that full time and kind of gotten used to that. So really the only addition is like I'm taking some of the load off with the dogs.
0: Well, happy all around. Uh, and I hope everyone who's listening at home is, is doing well. Of course, you could uh, touch base with us podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Let's talk large format. Uh, I I buzz around on the web, uh, on Instagram and in Facebook, and there seems to be, as there always is, interest in large format, and I I always tend to see the starting point as being 4 by 5 Is that still true?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, I think it's a growing segment like we're not talking like explosive growth like film photography overall has seen recently but there's always you know as film photography numbers grow there's always a an amount that kind of shaves off and decides to i want to try something even a little bit more challenging or a little bit more different and they find themselves with you know a a crown graphic or an intrepid or they just have a bunch of questions so I finally got around to—I don't know—I think I talked to you about this maybe like four or five years ago. I was like, Mike, I just got to get this out of my system. Getting people started with uh, with large format because there's there is information out there. Like uh, I'm not going to pretend like there's uh, no information. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but you kind of have to like cherry pick it from different sources. So I I fired up my or I guess rekindled my uh, my ancient YouTube channel with old shaky cell phone videos and. I'm doing uh, a series on large format now. Mm. Large format Friday. Yes, sir. Each and every Friday
0: morning. Which uh, FPP listeners find out about it on Tuesday, because that's when our newsletter goes out.
1: <laughs> oh, and the, well, I, I so very much appreciate it, Mike.
0: There's a you know there's a, a little delay.
1: Oh, that's fine. You know, it's, it's kind of like one of those, it's a series, but it's not because it's, you know, it's all keyworded and searchable. And if you want to, you can start wherever you, you need to, you know, I'm just putting the, the segments out there in like little digestible chunks. It, it's all entirely based off of how I used to learn from, uh, from good old Professor Jeff at the uh, University of Finley. You, you can't learn it all in one go you have to you have to take it slowly you know so each each week for a while there it was a couple times a week we would just sit down and he's like all right what one thing do you want to pick up today or what do you want to talk about today and that's kind of the approach i'm doing with this channel it's not just going to be oh hey look how glitzy and glamorous this shoot is no let's break it down like let's get it into um, each little important segment i try to answer or kind of cover that topic in you know not too uh, too long of a segment, you know, like five to ten minutes. That, that's what these are. So if you're just getting started, you can take it take it easy, pick up a new thing. And my goal is to, over the course of a year, have a series of videos that are going to, you know, by the time you're done watching even a few of those, you're going to say, no, this is something I can do. And if you follow around with a few more, you're going to be a little bit re- a little bit more ready than someone that's coming into it completely cold. And how many installments do you? Uh, folks listening at home.
0: If you go to YouTube, just search Matt Mirage, Matt with one T and his channel will come up. How oh, many yeah. install how many installments do you do you see it being?
1: Um I have a so I I really wanted to double down on this and not just say, oh, you know, we'll see how many it is. I have a little spreadsheet. I have topics pre-plans, I'm writing scripts, shot lists, and I'm keeping myself accountable with all the tools that are, you know, free on my computer already. So I have, I think I have like 45 planned out right now, and a few of those are going to be interview-based, where I'm like interviewing other artists that shoot large format, but I want to try to get the technical stuff out of the way in 30 or so videos, but have about a year's worth of content. I don't see a lot of folks coming at it from the same approach I take, so I thought I would put that stuff out there and see if it's uh, if it's useful, and from what I've gathered so far, uh, there's, well, what,
3: what's your what's your angle? What angle are you coming at it from that you don't think is being represented?
1: I think a lot of people will just go into it assuming a certain base level of knowledge. Like, oh, I've been doing this for, for 10 years. Why aren't you using this or doing this? So they're not really breaking down things. So we are starting from, you know, if you have, ab- like, what the heck is this? you can subscribe, and you'll you'll be able to get your way through it. And each week, we add something new. So it, it's just completely fresh. So if you have never even shot film, you'll still understand a little bit about what's going on uh. picking up on the videos. Uh, a lot of other channels will assume that you have base knowledge from shooting 35mm and medium format and darkroom techniques, and, and I want to make sure that I'm not leaving anybody out. With the videos, Because there's a lot of folks that are, they saw something on Instagram and they want to try it and all right, what do I do now? They And a, a lot of channels I, I find are not willing to meet people where they're at. Mm. So if you're completely novice to this, some folks will, you know, just, they'll just come out and ask, hey, you know, what should I buy for this? You know, I'm not going to tell you what to buy, but here's all the, the tools you can use to make an informed decision. And I'm not going to push affiliate links and all that stuff. That's good. Have you gotten any feedback? Oh, yeah. So far, the feedback has been uh, really positive. There's, uh, you know, I find a lot of the folks watching it uh, are very similar to the folks that listen to the podcast, you know. Uh, a lot of guys, not a whole heck of a lot of gals, 20s, 20s through 50s, 60s. That's kind of the the core audience, but that's been photography's core audience for, you know, forever. Mm. So, um, yeah, that a lot, of, a lot of good entry-level questions and where I find I use YouTube is I want to learn a new skill. I'll search very specific terms on how to do that skill. But then I find out by watching that video, Oh, I also don't know this. I also don't know this. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have the series going through in a, a decently logical progression. Like, okay, let's talk about film. Let's talk about cameras. Let's talk about lenses. And we kind of go through it in that order. And then if you stick around or you're already kind of advanced, a few, you know, a few weeks, a few months down the road, the techniques are going to get a little bit. They're going to ramp up the difficulty a little bit. They're going to get a little bit more technical.
0: Do you find that people are are thrifty or no?
1: Oh come on! Of course they're. Yeah. <laughs> Film <laughs> That's shooters. A silly question. Nah, very thrifty. Sometimes, uh, I also find in a lot of the groups, um, you know, I, I try not to go on Facebook groups for uh, for certain. Uh, certain photographic discussions, but I, I feel really bad. Uh, I see the same thing that was happening in forums probably 10, 15 years ago where somebody who's beginning says hey, I really want to try X, but my budget is this and you know of, of course you sit there and you're reading it and you're like come on man, you can't get anything for that. But you don't say that and then you read down and oh no, somebody did say that. They're they're commenting and they're just kind of like, they're crapping on this person's parade and they just, you know they <laughs> they want to know. <laughs> oh. Hey, you never know until you ask Ex- or try. Uh, yeah, right. And uh, I don't want to be there to, yeah, I don't want to discourage. And there's a whole heck of a lot of gatekeeping that goes on, yeah. especially in large format. So I want to I want make that accessible. Um, this isn't some, uh, I'm not looking to get rich off of this, but I am looking to make sure that there's the younger folks that are coming up into it are coming in with good information and they can find it easily. So that, that's all it is.
0: I think that's a, a good uh, approach. And I think for people who are thinking about uh, large format, especially 4x5, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, prices for 35mm and 120 cameras have gone up so much in the last mm-hmm. few years. Oh, yeah. Uh, am, I, am I correct in saying uh, that if you have five $600, that you will be able to find a decent 4x5 camera with lens?
1: It's it's getting a little tighter, but yes, uh, even with the intrepids, uh, you can get a brand new intrepid and a decent lens and some holders for five six hundred dollars. So it's not it's not impossible, but prices there are going up as well. The, the um, but there's really never been a better time. So it, it kind of balances out. This kind of brings up a really kind of a similar point. One of the first videos I posted for Large Format Friday, I got a response from a, a gentleman I've known for for quite a while. And he was he was mentioning, hey, when you post these videos, don't you know the price of X is going to go up? And I was like, we've been shooting this for a decade. We had our turn. The stuff's only going to get more expensive. I just want to make make people aware this is what you need.
0: Is film the biggest expense once you get started?
1: Oh, yeah. Once, once the camera and accessories are down, uh, film is the only recurring cost that you'll have un- until you want another lens or... You want the the other fancy little thing for it. Usually, um, the camera's twenty five to fifty percent of overall cost. All the extra accessories, and then the film. That that's the biggest thing is the, is keeping going with the film.
0: And who who are the players regarding color film for four x five and larger?
1: Whatever remaining stock there is, a Fuji. Um, really, Fuji has little hold outside of um, outside of Asia, but Fuji and Kodak. That's it. That's it for color. Yeah, that's it. Maybe in a few years we'll hear Ferrania say something. I don't know, but the yeah, it's really like Kodak for a vast majority, and then Fuji for a little bit.
0: I think the most encouraging thing for four x five shooters is to have you know buy be able to buy a pack of film that's not going to you know cost you a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And plus, when you're first starting, you're prone to making
1: mistakes. Ex- exactly, and that's the other reason I'm doing these videos is there's so many little easy mistakes that if you know to look out for, you're going to save a lot of money and a lot of hassle. And there's just some folks, we all have different, you know, skill, like skills we bring into starting with something kind of funky, like large format. And some folks won't have that initial patience for it. So kind of like that, the same kind of patience you'll need if you're starting with, like, woodworking or home improvement stuff or just, just like, yard chores, baking, any, you know, anything. That little discipline to get ready to, like, fail or or, have a few oopsies the first time around, you know? Yeah. Well,
3: there's always a learning curve. Exactly. And, but this, this learning curve can be a bit
1: expensive. I, exactly. And if you get discouraged too often you're gonna drop it and you're gonna say oh this this kind of sucks i don't know why anybody would try this and i want to try to prevent that with here's some good information watch through it if you have any questions hit me up with questions i um you know if you look on the videos right now i I don't predict i'm going to get to a point where i can't answer all the questions this is a really niche kind of you know subsect of a, a small hobby already so i answer every single question that comes up through there it it's it's been more positive than i've seen other experiences go on youtube so i hope it continues that way
0: and are you still offering one-on-one courses regarding darkroom and or getting started with large format
1: oh absolutely um i, I also do through midwest photo i've been doing a, a large format specialty it's like a a day-long workshop for large format and that uh i think last year we sold out we had six attendees all day and a few of them even left with uh, the camera they were working with so it was kind of a cool way to just kind of crash course through all of those uh those initial hiccups with a camera and then you know a little bit about that camera here you go take it home so folks
0: listening this is Midwest Photo Exchange that Matt's talking about mm-hmm. do people from all over take a trip to Columbus special for these courses
1: I've had folks travel from a couple states away. Nothing, nothing like we get pull for uh, for FPP events. That's for sure. FPPers are some of the most dedicated fans. I- I've seen people from a few folk, uh, a few states away. Uh, some FPPers that we've seen at past events have you know while they're traveling through have uh, stopped in at Midwest Photo our good uh, FPP buddy Owen he he came by a few weeks ago to the shop oh yeah yeah he he came by he was grabbing some chemicals and i was like hey did you try that new D96 and he's like yeah this stuff's awesome isn't it so we were chatting about the new FPP chemicals and yeah just had a good time is midwest photo open still oh yes uh still uh still open i'm i'm going in a few days a week doing um so servicing like web orders and uh, answering phone calls, lots of uh, lots of questions and traffic at least going through on web borders. So it's it's heartening to see the first the first week of you know everybody kind of getting used to this new lifestyle was uh, was kind of hard. It was very slow. A lot of freelancers kind of worried about stuff. But uh, from what I've seen, it's it's been pretty positive. Um, here in Columbus, um, I know I've talked about like grants and stuff in the past, but the the same folks that do grants in Columbus, uh, GCAC, Greater Columbus Arts Council, they actually had uh, relief grants for freelancers that were that were missing out on events and work, which is is pretty awesome to see. Yeah, that's great.
0: I'd like to think everything is on postpone, but they may not be able to reclaim that work, correct? Because after things hopefully normalize maybe some of those parties will just not be rescheduled.
1: I've heard from a lot of freelancers so far, especially the wedding shooters. The, the wedding shooters are the ones that are having the, the hardest go of it because there's a lot of deposits and pre-planning that goes into it. So being off by a week is one thing, and you can kind of pivot and, and work from there. But they're they're scheduling so many months and potentially years in advance, and having a few consecutive months where everything's just completely you know, smashed the brakes, it's it's been really hard for those folks and we're going to see a a kind of a, a sea change when it comes to freelancers. I think the folks that have a kind of a well-established business and they've kind of diversified what they, what they offer as photographers will kind of come out ready to ready to make moves again. But the folks that were maybe doing this on the, you know, on the weekends or are just starting to get into it and they only do maybe like one thing, they they're having a rougher time. Yeah. Sorry to be a bummer, man. Uh, No, it's it's all right. I mean, it is what it is. But at the same time, if you find yourself, you are in that position. You are a photographer, and you always wanted to try film. You always wanted to do something new. There's so many services out there right now that during this time, they're offering free education, free online learning for a variety of different skills that's kind of what i've spent my time doing is getting better at this uh this video stuff so i can put these videos together and i'm also brushing up on my woodworking so you know all sorts of i'm spending the time (laughs) did you say woodworking yes uh the the house i i lauren and i moved into last fall came with it a a nice little workshop slash studio with a bunch of woodworking tools and i'm uh, teaching myself how to use them and uh getting a little bit better since this is a new house to you, Matt, have there been any
0: surprises? Like, you wake up one morning and there's like a thousand ants in your kitchen.
1: <laughs> you and the ants. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Mike, I am happy to report no bugs. Okay. We no were... little
3: critters, like mice, field mice? or Nope. Not a thing. Not no, roll. we
1: do have a, we have a groundhog. We're trying to, like, deal with him. Yeah. We, we got rabbits, but you know all we have to do is let out the greyhound and they they evaporate but they uh now it's it's been great so far we've uh, the the most important thing i've i've come to realize especially because we're in we're not in like a low part we're we're adjacent to some low parts in columbus when we looked at the place it had a freshly um like a full like waterproofing system for the basement and it had a fresh roof after a lot a lot a lot of rain i realized oh i am so glad we have a fresh roof and we have a really really... good water mitigation system that's good you hear that pump going a lot when it rains huh oh my goodness but you know what it's a champ so keep it going
0: very good
3: when it rains heavy sometimes i i sometimes count the seconds in between the pump Yep, I have the timer, and I'm like, okay, it's time, time to time to watch it. <laughs> Sometimes a minute and a half in between pumps, when oh, it rains for days.
1: We we had a uh, we had some flash flooding going on early in March, and I was counting like thirty second intervals. I was like, oh no. <laughs> do you,
0: is there a backup system? What if the pump goes down?
1: I have an extra one. Um, then, okay. The, do
0: you? What if the, What if the power goes out?
1: Uh, oh, good question. It has a really. Do you have a gif- generator. It has a giant lithium ion battery backup. Get out of that here. That runs it. Yeah, it's a fresh system.
3: That's awesome. And oh it's uh, tied
1: into the Wi-Fi, so they have a little water detectors in there. So if the water goes above a certain level, it detects the Wi-Fi, and then I can kick the emergency supply on. High tech. i got to get nice. one of those. Oh, it's so nice. I would never pay for one new, but it came with the house, you know? Yeah.
0: When we come back to this old house, we're going to be discussing <laughs> 20th Century Camera. We'll be right back. It's a hot new
3: 35-millimeter camera from Canon.
0: It's just a camera.
3: The Canon Fotura. Camera. With futuristic flash, automatic one-hand control, and long-range power zoom lens, Fotura. You have to come with us. It's
0: just a camera.
3: Please. The new Fotura from Canon. So advanced, it's simple. Support the FPP.
0: Yeah, you know me. Hey folks, it's Mike here with John. Hey. Uh just a quick uh just a quick mention, if you enjoy the film photography podcast, please consider heading over to our filmphotographyproject.com, the website, and hitting the donate button. You can pledge a cash donation on a monthly basis for any amount. Yes. For any amount. Yes. $1, $2, Whatever you wish, if you could could send a couple of bucks a month to help keep the FPP going, uh, we would be greatly appreciative. What? Appreciative. Appreciated? (laughs) We will be appreciated. You will be appreciated. You will be appreciated. And I want to thank, just this past week, uh, Douglas, thank you. Christopher, thank you. Abdul, thank you. And hey, Abdul... We know you, right? We met you in England. We met you in England twice. Yeah, right, right. Wow, you're still listening. Awesome. Thank you very much. So, our UK listeners are the best. Well, what about our US are. listeners? They're the best too. But our US listeners are going to be like, um,
3: uh, <laughs> those UK guys. I'll get theirs. You're all the best. You know how much we love you, exactly. and and every little bit helps. So, if you can consider. Making a monthly donation, that would be very much
0: appreciated. And all you have to do is hit the button once. Once yeah. you commit to it, then PayPal just takes the, Takes, takes your money every and it's month. Like,
3: and then it's like the mob.
0: You're in. Not for nothing, but uh, I think I'm a wound a little tightly.
2: Right. And
3: <laughs> <laughs> you can't get out now. <laughs> all
0: right, that's it. That's it. it. Okay. That's it. Hey, we're back. Uh, a good friend to the FPP has been Mr. Jeff Perry, who runs 20th Century Camera.
3: 20th Century
0: Cameraman. Yeah. FPP now carries the 4x5, uh, 6-sheet uh, development reel. Sheets. 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 And, uh, the, the yellow one. No, no. FPP is black.
3: Oh, but that's theirs. There. Yes.
0: Uh, the, the phone that we're using to talk on, with Matt is... Holding up the phone, yeah, it's also <laughs> a very handy dandy phone holder. Yes, so as well as six sheet. We at the f- at the store dot com. We have the reel, and we also have the tank. So you could buy the reel only for people who already own a three reel tank. When I say a three reel tank, it's a Patterson tank that holds three thirty five millimeter reels. Oh. So it's a large tank. Wait, wait, they're, the, they're up on the site now. Yes.
1: Oh, was this like a like a secret launch?
0: Uh, no, it was in the newsletter. Oh, it was. Oh, shoot, I totally missed it. No, that's
1: awesome, Mike.
0: Yeah. So we have the four by five, six sheet reel. You could buy it individually, or you can buy the reel plus the tank. The package. The package. The tank. It, the, the package is a steal because th- what we're selling it for combined. If you price out the tank plus the reel, you'll see the tank is pretty darn cheap. Mm -hmm. So all you would need if you wanted to use that tank for 35 millimeters, you just invest in the single 35 millimeter reels. And you have a three reel tank to do 35. Uh, And I did receive one email asking, hey, will we be carrying the 8x10? Have you used the 8x10,
1: Matt? I, yes. And, you know, after Jeff sent me the initial uh, tester ones and we'd been having a bunch of back and forth and trying out different products, I was like, maybe I should just start using this a little bit more regularly. And, you know, there's a few different places where I'm kind of doing work now with the large format stuff. You know, at, at Midwest Photo, I developed the black and white film for them on Tuesdays. Okay, And, and sometimes they have a bunch of three reel tanks there. Sometimes it's just easier to use what we already have and just kind of throw a throw a couple sheets through. That tank system is awesome for somebody that's just getting a few sheets at a time. So really somebody that is kind of afraid to use, you know, more than more than half of a box of eight by 10 film because it's like stupid expensive. It's a great tank system to use, especially because it's not, you're not doing trays or hangers and tanks or something where you need like this huge light tight space. It's essentially a daylight system all you have to do is load everything in like a changing bag. It's no, it's, it's great. I've actually started doing some color again with it using the, uh, the FPP C41 kit. So I have some, some master stock of that mixed up. Um, I've done a few C41 developing classes through MPEX and a couple of times I just developed some eight by 10 sheets because I had the extra, the extra three reel tank. Everybody was there. I was like, yeah, let me throw some film in too. And at the end of it, they're like, oh my gosh, that's a, that's a big sheet of film. And, it's, uh, it's really cool to be able to demonstrate, no, it's, it's this easy across the board. It's not special. I mean it is. It's, it's a bigger piece of film, but it's the same thing, you know, same process.:
0: For folks listening at home, we're talking about reels and tanks, meaning uh, developing your own film at home, whether you're doing 35 millimeter, 120 or larger. And Matt, when you're using the 20th century 8x10 reel, mm-hmm. am I correct in saying you need a five-reel tank?
1: Yes, it's the, sorry, yeah, it's not the three-reel, it's the five-reel tank, so it's... And how many how many sheets
0: of 8x10 can you get on a 20th century reel?
1: Uh, it's only two sheets on there. Okay. Or no, is it three? Hold on. Hmm. So I you could give it. two sheets, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been doing two on there. Hold on, let me, let me just verify it really quick, because I don't want
3: to... Do, do you sell the biggins, the 5 uh, roll tanks?
0: No, we sell the 4 by 5 reel and the tank that goes with it. Oh. Uh, and you sell a
3: single roll <laughs> tank,
0: smaller ones, or you just sell the triple? Oh, no. We, we also sell the uh, what's known as the two-reel tank for 35 millimeter.
3: And that's standard?
0: It's pretty the two standard. Reel? Yeah. The two-reel tank holds two reels of 35 millimeter. It comes with two reels. Mm. And then if you're developing 120, one of the reels like expands ah, out. Right, right, right. So you could put 120 film or 620 film on that. 620. It also, uh, I believe, you could do 127.
1: Yep, 127. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: What is the, um, it's, what did you say? It's 620? The, uh, the six, four, Mamiya 645 I have. Has, 120. Has a 120 back and a 620
1: back. Oh, it probably has a, probably has a 220 back. A 220, yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank
3: you. And <laughs> you preloaded one of those backs, but you never put what the film is.
0: Oh, oh so you're telling me that I did to you what yeah, you say, do to it yourself. it says
3: 220. It says 220, full <laughs> load. But it doesn't say what it is.
0: I know, but if you had loaded, loaded it, it, I wouldn't never. even have said that. Exactly. Would, I would open it up and be like, oh, it's filming here. John notoriously doesn't label anything. Stupid.
2: Yeah, that's me, John Link.
1: It happens.
0: I'm surprised I didn't put the film. It's color film. Do you well, know what ISO it is? No, that's what I'm curious about. Treat it like How 160. Yeah, probably, Yeah, right? shoot it at 160. Yeah. Good idea. It's probably 400, but it's probably expired, so it's shoot it at 160, 160. or 200. Right. Oh, Developing strange. at home, um, in these strange times, Matt, uh, we have been selling an awful lot of home development kits. The reels, the tanks, the chemistry. Mm-hmm. The Kodak chemistry is selling out very quickly, and um, our own FPP chemistry is also Ooh. selling very rapidly. And I had stockpiled C41 kits, not knowing there was going to be a, a, you know, a buying spree, as if it's toilet paper or paper towels.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I I think the C41 was kind of starting to to become in high demand before all this started, too. I I remember earlier in the year, I was... That's correct. uh, I was waiting on back orders from from probably, like, November, December. So I think it's been happening across the board. It has. And I ordered
0: a lot more, but it still was not enough. E6 slide kits are currently in stock, but they're going fast, too. E6. And the dilemma now, of course, is, you know, knock on wood, here we are, April 15th, knock on wood in the next two, three weeks. uh, My concern always is supply chain, that Mm -hmm. if the distributor's have to close down for X amount of weeks. That's going to really slow mm. things down. C-41 E-6. So it creates, you know... A frenzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't really seen it in film photography yet. I, mean, I don't know. Have you seen it, Matt?
1: I haven't seen folks posting, oh, I'm stocking up on this and stocking up on that, but it's it hasn't been the kind of crazy stuff I've seen at uh, select uh, grocery and home improvement stores. So...
2: this is this caused by UFOs.
1: Yeah, it's it's not there yet, and I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think it also kind of goes along with the mentality of the folks that are shooting film, so kind of the, the whole, everybody who's shooting film generally is pretty chill. I don't think many of them are freaking out about it. I think just because of what we're used to in the film world, of some films being discontinued, people just by default buy a little bit extra of their favorite film. Like, I've got... Oh my gosh, maybe I should just like share this picture with you right now, Mike. Somebody somebody had a thing on Twitter. They were like, "Hey, post your current film stash." And I was like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> I I hadn't seen it, and I needed to defrost my uh my cabinet freezer over in the shop. So I went ahead and took a picture of the uh the stockade of uh of sheet film that I got. This gotten. is your stockade. Yes, it's uh, it's pretty bad. I'm just gonna let's see what am I gonna do. I think the person who
0: prides himself mostly on stockade is Mark Dalzell. Hey, how's it going? Oh, he has what? He's got Two. A
3: bunker. He's he's got multiple multiple freezers refri-
0: and refrigerators
3: going on.
1: I, I'm still on the he, single. He's freezer. always a
3: bulk buyer. He's what? He's always been a bulk buyer.
0: Oh, I thought you said he's a ball buster.
1: <laughs> well, that too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> For yeah. sure. Mike, I just sent you a picture of it. Okay. Send it to my phone? Uh, Yeah, the email. Yeah.
0: Oh, the email. Okay, very good. I can't see it now because it's a Galaxy 5 and it barely can start. Oh, no. But speaking of 20th century camera. Oh, yeah. Yes. What is the new 4x5 wet plate holder? For people who shoot 4x5 film, uh, we... They may not even know what wet plate is. So what is it?
1: When you're shooting uh, older style processes like wet plate collodion or dry plates uh, or even just like the, um, the J Lane uh, um, glass plates, you're, what you're shooting is a sensitized aluminum or, uh, or glass plate. And they're a little bit thicker they're not as thin as modern sheet films right. are they're not like on an star or plastic base they're on a like a physically metal or glass base and I believe these new plate holders from uh, from 20th century camera are designed for a modern tin type shooter so someone who's shooting on um, pieces of Uh, tin or trophy aluminum is probably the most popular, you know, the kind that you would see on like a, like a award plaque that you would receive. So they're coating that with, uh, with their own handmade kind of emulsion, hand coating it, then sensitizing it and exposing it all while it's still wet. Um, our FPP, you know, Extraordinaire Joseph Brunges, uh, probably does it uh, the best that I've seen uh, from a lot of folks. I know there's a ton of wet plate shooters out there, but he uh, he definitely, for folks I know, he just flows a plate just excellently every time. It almost looks like when I see a lot of his plates, they almost look like they're shot like film almost. His pores are so clean. Anyway, but the 20th century plate holder, what's really nice about it is that he's offering one and he's making it like Jeff is he's got the patience of a saint when it comes to doing this stuff with 3d printing. So he's just making these products that nobody else has even attempted to do. And he's, he's just got like a whole catalog of stuff. It's uh it's really cool to see, but for the holders they're they, they register in a, a standard, a little bit thicker than a standard four by five film holder, but they should still fit because they're not quite as thick as like the older Polaroid uh, 405 or 450 backs. For four x mm-hmm. five, so they'll slot right into there, and yeah, you'll get uh, you'll be able to get your she- your uh, plates exposed. It's it's just pretty cool to see. So I'm just going to interject very quickly. Oh yeah, for for folks listening at home.
0: So if you're shooting, well, regardless of the film you're shooting, you're basically shooting a photosensitive material, and in film, it's on a an acetate or plastic backing. Mm-hmm. Typically, film. Yeah. It's what film is. So when you talk about wet plate, you we're talking about a piece of glass, a piece of tin, something whereas you're coating the photosensitive material on yourself. Is that correct, Matt?
1: Yeah, you're you're kind of making you're essentially making your own film, but it's not a like a standard emulsion. It's it's usually one that's very insensitive to most types of light. It's usually sensitive to ultraviolet or blue light and not going to have the same kind of um the depth that you would get with modern film, but there's just just like everything else, uh when you hand make it yourself, even if you do kind of a bad job, it's still you made it kind of thing.
0: Emulsion, do you buy it in a can, you spray it on, or do you get it in a bucket and you have to paint it on? Like how <laughs> spray in uh, a can would be great. How do you get the emulsion? like I'm oh, no I'm being serious because so is it painted on <laughs>
1: Oh no, it's, it's not. Pro- it's uh, it's flowed on. So usually it's it's uh, suspended in um, in like collodion, which has oh. a lot of um, has usually like ether and alcohol and all sorts of uh, nice kind of nasty stuff. But that helps it kind of flow oh, wow. along it's on the pour- plate.
0: It's poured on.
1: Yep, yeah, it's poured on, and you kind of like rock it in your hand. It's it's a real skill. Yes, yes. and and the collodion and the materials is
0: that materials that sus- so you could suspend the emulsion in it that allows it to be
1: poured. Exactly. Yep. And what'll happen is even after a few seconds, because there's all that ether and alcohol, it will like evaporate very quickly. So it'll pour on. So have you ever, have you ever had the extreme misfortune of using liquid Band-Aid? No. no. Does anybody remember Liquid Band Aid? No.
2: Sometimes bandages just don't work. Sometimes bandages just don't fit. Sometimes bandages just won't do. That's when new skin is there for you. New skin liquid bandage, waterproof, thin and clear. Can your bandage do this? That's when new skin is there for you. <laughs>
1: All right, so I I've had the misfortune of that because my grandfather was a woodworker and I I got a, a few cuts down in the wood shop and one time he decided the easiest way to close it up was, was with this liquid band aid. It came in like a a nail polish bottle, and it was essentially collodion. You would oh, uh-huh. you would paint it on over top. So that's what this technology was. This was like Civil War era triage technology that you're using, they would paint it on over the, you know, over the wound and it kind of like forms like a, like a skin because it evaporates on there is the most painful thing ever. I don't recommend using liquid bandage.
2: Time to wake this show up.
1: But that's essentially what you're doing. You're pouring on this emulsion that becomes tacky as it evaporates, and it holds that emulsion to the plate, so then you can sensitize and shoot it. Can you buy an emulsion kit for uh, you know someone who's just starting out? Yes, there's a lot of places that have made it very accessible and very easy. Uh, probably the easiest ones that are out there are available at Photographer's Formulary. They have wet plate collodion kits. Um, Artcraft Chemicals in upstate New York has... Kits. I I buy chemicals from both of those suppliers, and there's also really great ready to ready to mix, ready to shoot kits from Bostick and Sullivan out in uh, out west.
0: Can you coat? I'm just. I'm just thinking out loud here. Can you buy something from Home Depot, like a piece of plastic or something, and basically make your own film on in, that would fit in this 4x5? Um, like, what, what kind of crafty things are people using to coat their emotion on?
1: I have seen photographers actually try to use acrylic instead of plates, but I think the problem, one, was registration, and two, that the plastic didn't have, like, a tooth to it. It it the It would peel off. So you would have to use some sort of subbing or substrate to kind of hold on to that emulsion. Otherwise, it just kind of peels right off. I think the community had settled on trophy aluminum because it has like this kind of like semi-gloss finish on it. And it has that little, you know, that little static, the anti-static little cover. So as soon as you peel that thing, it is ready to like hold on tight to the emulsion. You don't need to use like um, egg whites or albumin to kind of like hold it on, make a sticky surface but Mm -hmm. you can put collodion onto paper. That's some of the older, like alternative process kind of stuff. You'll usually see people do that for printing, but I don't think anybody's getting too crazy with what they're trying to coat the emulsion on just because it's, it's very expensive because you're, you're putting silver in there. And uh, I think they, a lot of times they don't want to deviate too far from what's, what's out there and known because it's just really, really like if we think films expensive, collodion can get even more expensive.
0: Wasn't film washi coating on some type of paper material?
1: Yeah. So th- that's that's kind of, um, and, you know, that look you were getting from film washi was just um, what the medium kind of had to offer when you coat paper with an emulsion. What it does is it starts to, like, dry in different areas and buckle and kind of has these weird effects. So it's, it's not all upside, but it definitely, like, it has a distinct, different kind of look. Have you
0: used this new 4x5 wet plate holder?
1: I've not used the new holder, um, and I'm guessing Jeff didn't reach out to me with that because he knows I don't shoot a lot of four by five. But Jeff, if you're listening, I, I know a lot of four by five shooters, and I know a few four by five wet plate shooters here in Columbus. So we'd—I'll get it into that into some capable hands to test it out. I, I do want to add one other cool thing about Jeff. You know, he's—he's he's like the real deal kind of innovator. You know, I—I I find this with a lot of the the folks doing 3D printed stuff. They love optimizing and tinkering and making sure everything, you know, kind of just works. It, it's really neat. When when we were testing out the uh, the reels initially, you know, Jeff was super open. He's like, "Hey, do you, did you find anything with the reels? How did it do for this?" So he would ask me questions that were, you know, "How how is it working for me?" Somebody who develops a lot of film was I noticing scratches here? Like, really good questions based on not assuming his product's already perfect, but assuming it's got a ways to go, you know, there's kind of like a, I don't know, he's got a real scientific attitude and it's awesome when it comes to creating a product for like this niche community. It's just a really, you know, it shows his dedication. It's not like he's done with it. He wants to continue to improve it. If there are improvements to be made. Exactly. And it's just, it's really the kind of attitude you have to have with this, this hobby in this community. So it's just really great to see.
3: Yeah, you don't find that too often in other areas, unfortunately, that kind of dedication.
1: Exactly. And, you, you know, uh, maybe it's because I'm just jaded from having seen like all sorts of products come out in the retail world. But, you know, there's a lot of places that are just happy to come out with a product that gets some eyes. And once it's out there, they just don't really care about it. There's a lot of companies that are like that. So when you're dealing with these uh, smaller you know one and two man operations show them some love and usually if you show them a little patience they're going to show you a little bit of grace on you know uh, on the backside right now it's actually i'm, I'm on his uh, facebook page right now let me see he shared a picture of the of the holders finishing up
0: we'll flavor, we're talking about seltzer what flavor you want i don't know me? what type what, what do you got there? this is cherry bubbly Ooh, i'll try some cherry bubbly okay where is it
3: i'll get it oh it's in the fridge am i allowed to go in there and touch things or of course, do i need to put a glove on it's in its own
1: flat you'll see <laughs> okay. it
3: okay all right, I'm gonna get some bubbly. You want one, Matt?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, what flavor you got, Mike? <laughs> it's 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 not loose, John. They're in a f- flat. I put the whole flat in the refrigerator. So folks should go to Twentieth Century Camera. Twentieth Century Camera. <laughs> <laughs> to the to the Twentieth Century Camera website.
1: Absolutely. Oh, and and yeah. the only
0: di- and the only difference between the four x five six sheet reel is that the FPP one is black.
1: That's got our logo and- on it.
0: It has a logo on it, and Jeff's is uh, yellow or red. That's it. And we offer the tank option. I don't think uh, Jeff has
1: a tank option. Uh, He does not currently have a tank option, but he does have a handy-dandy little chart that shows you, I want to shoot this, I want to use this, here's what tank I need. So it's it's, it's great.
0: Kind of funny, because we're talking about large format. I guess the reverse of large format would be uh, micro format. Uh, Jeff is helping me design a uh, Minolta 16 reel. Oh, is he? Not for developing, but for putting a reel that you put in your camera.
1: Oh, cool. So people can huh? try, like, new, like funky films in their, their older 16 camera?
0: Uh, well, Minolta 16 is considered a spy camera. It's a very, very nice camera with ma- manual um, aperture. Yeah. And, and the problem is that when you go to eBay and buy the camera, you don't realize that that there are no cartridges with it. Mm. So cartridges are hard to come by, so... Mark O'Brien lent me his cartridge. I sent it to Jeff at 20th Century Camera, and Jeff... Oh, no way. He tooled a, a 3D-printed cartridge, <clears throat> and the FPP uh, has unperforated 16 millimeter double X, Ektachrome and 50D uh, negative. Oh, fancy. So, so that is the perfect film. That is the film... For Minolta 16, so we're going to start offering 25 foot rolls of film. Uh, Matt and John, I think people are very um, with 3D printing. They're very inventive. FPP listeners are kind of taking this upon themselves to de- design the reels, which is great. Wow!
1: No, they, they, it's uh, it's pretty crazy what uh, what the innovation is uh, is,
0: and it's a big share, kind of a share a share mentality. Like someone will design it and share the design. <clears throat> Very Could much the so,
3: specs uh, or the formula.
0: Yeah, they'll give you the file and say, "Hey, if you want to go print this, you can go to this 3D company, give them the file, and you can make your own Minolta 16 reels."
1: It's it's uh, amazing. <clears throat> you know, one one 3D printer. I do want to give a shout out because we're talking about you know the, this the movement that is 3D printing. Um, a friend of FPP, Mister uh, Mister Ethan Moses. Have you been following with uh, what, what he's been posting lately?
0: Uh, where do you where do you see him? Which platform?
1: Um, Facebook. I've been seeing his posts. Oh. He's actually, um, he's kind of put the, the camera stuff on halt. He is actually working with 3D printers across the world. He's making viable, uh, ventilator parts for share all across the world with 3D printing. Wow. That's great. Yeah. It's, uh kind of tying it all in, but in, in a positive way. Yeah. So he's, he wasn't
3: he wasn't called upon by the government to do this. He just took it upon himself. He took it
1: upon himself, and he's working with folks uh, across, I think, three different continents right now getting getting these pieces tested and, and viable, which is Whoa. insane.
0: So if, if in the medical field, if a ventilator is needed and there's X amount of ventilators out there, just like with any other piece of machinery, you're saying there's parts involved. Right. Busted parts. That may break. Mm-hmm. And he could supply parts so people can get more ventilators going. Mm-hmm.
1: At least right now they're they're tested. They're they're testing certain parts. So I'm not going to say that they're they're viable or anything. I, I don't want to you know make an Elon Musk esque statement uh, regarding those. But uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's putting he's, the he's, effort. He's putting in the work, and it's you know he's not just sitting there saying, "Oh, what can I do?" He's he's doing something, which is awesome and proactive.
3: Makes me feel like a real jerk.
0: <laughs> John, you're doing your part. Yeah, what's how's that? I don't know. Anyhow, <laughs> wash my hands. <laughs> moving, moving right along. So uh, check it out, twentieth century camera. You can go to the website, see what they have to offer, see what's going on. On Facebook, Ethan Moses. He's been on the show. He's a heck of a nice guy. Yeah, two right. heck, two right. heck of a nice guys.
1: What show? Yeah, they really are. I, I think it's. Uh, <laughs> it just goes, goes nice along guys. with you know someone who's walking through a, a Best Buy or a Micro Center and looks at a 3D printer and says, "You know what? I want to spend a lot of time with this thing." <laughs> you probably yeah. you're, you're probably of a certain mentality and you're you're wanting to to create a solution to something.
0: Yeah. Right. It's like a modern sculptor. Yes. Next up, we're going to be talking about RA color reversal process.
2: Living color clear and bright. Black pictures really shine with living colors every time. Just look around, surprise your eyes, and keep the fun that's in your life. Kodak Color VR film. Kodak Living Color every time.
0: Changing light, sudden movement. You still get vibrant color with Kodak Color VR 200, a brilliant all round film.
2: Kodak Living Color every time.
0: Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back.
2: That's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: R-A color reversal process. What's that, Mike? Well, for folks listening, color reversal, when I think of color reversal, I think of Kodak Ektachrome film, Mm -hmm. which is a film that you put in your camera and then when (laughs) you send it out for developing, (laughs) you get that film back and it's a positive. There's no negative involved. Mm -hmm. So your camera original becomes a positive yeah that you either project or scan so that's what color reversal is to me what is our 4 color reversal to matt
1: uh, mm. this is just making you know i can't leave well enough alone um Starting at the end of last year, I saw some really cool videos, and this is, hey, uh, n- another common denominator, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ethan Moses and uh, another, uh, another film shooter, uh, Joe Van Cleave. They were working with black and white reversal, and they'd also recently started working with RA4 paper, which is color negative paper, so it's paper that's designed for printing from negatives. So kind of like what you would get at a lab if you needed like a 4x6 or something. It's still a very commonly used paper. What they were doing is they were taking RA4 paper, loading it into a large format camera. That's mad. They were cutting it down into 4 by 5 but you could essentially use any size for a camera that you had. Load it in, exposing it for the the, the right color pack using different filters, and then developing it as a black and white first. And then once the black and white image was formed, re-exposing it, so turning the lights on, and then after it's been exposed to the right color light, developing it out as a color positive. So taking an, a negative paper and cutting out the middleman of creating a negative and just doing a making a one-of positive image.
0: Is the reversal process—because— The whole reversal thing, even black and white, is a very hot topic. I see lots of Facebook posts. People are folks who shoot are intrigued by black and white reversal film. Mm -hmm. The process involved for black and white reversal seems uh, a little scary to some people.
1: Oh yeah, there can be some you know there can be some nasty chemicals uh, used for it. There are alternatives for some of the super nasty chemicals that are out there. But I've I've done multiple iterations of the black and white reversal process, and just the next logical step was tackling color reversal from there the process has been very fun um i'm sure mike you remember when uh, a palette of <laughs> of stuff arrived at your door i did i wanted to get it out of here as quickly as possible uh, so did lauren when the ups guy showed up he showed up on the wrong day and uh i got a really nasty concerned phone call <laughs> <laughs> Matt, so, yeah, guys so here. it was a lot.
0: It's a lot of you have to invest in quite a bit of materials.
1: Not this, not, if you, not for regular folks, but if you want to lose your mind like I have, yes, you gotta, you gotta buy a lot. Minimum order quantities are are a bear.
2: <laughs> I have had it, Boo Boo. I'm gonna bust out of here. you, you
1: you're crazy. <laughs> so what I started doing. Uh, based on those those videos, they laid a lot of the groundwork out um, online. I just started following what they were doing, experimenting, and I jumped right up to doing reversal on 8x10. So you can buy 8x10 sheets and they fit right into your film holders. Um, I bought some of those. And my buddy, Steven Takis of the uh, the the Giant Brownie camera, he has a 16x20 camera in his studio. So, wow, that's big. Yeah. So we started loading that up around Christmas time and playing around. And it's so much fun it's a lot of work but you get this one of image that looks uh i am i kind of have the color where i like it right now it doesn't look like anything besides like 20 year expired polaroid you know how it has like that purple look to it yep so i'm kind of the point where all my pictures have like that, that kind of purplish cast but i don't know it looks it looks really cool you can get it a little bit more polished um or you can do it completely wrong. I've, I've experimented a lot with that, but it's just a different way to shoot something in camera and have a positive one-of print. Uh, I almost liken the the process to the wet plate process, where you kind of see this image kind of like form in front of your eyes with the lights on. That's eventually what you have to do for this ra four. Well, folks listening at
0: home, yeah. What is do do it step by step so we can get an understanding of how it works exactly?
1: Sure. So you're making an exposure just like you you would for for anything else. It's a a special paper, correct? Exactly. It's RA4, which is a color negative paper. So this paper is meant to be used in a completely pitch black dark room printing through a color negative. We we all know what a color negative looks like. For folks at home, if you haven't looked through a color negative, color negative film is usually daylight balanced, so it has that orange reversal base on it. This paper is is kind of color balanced for that um for daylight, for the or not for daylight, but through that orange base. So that paper is actually tungsten balanced. So it needs to be filtered through a filter pack that makes it a little bit more orange you can actually just take a piece of fixed out negative film or put a cto or a color temperature orange filter in front of your camera to get that color filtration pretty close the the paper too since it's darkroom paper has a pretty low speed um it's about iso 12 um, pretty fast that's but for paper that's pretty fast actually yeah yes that's, by the time I do my filters and stuff, it ends up being closer to ISO 8, but I'm exposing ISO 8 in camera through these filters. And once I have that exposure onto the paper, all my exposure did was form a negative because when you're shooting, you're just creating a negative most of the time. Since that's negative paper, negative of a negative gives you a positive. So what you have to do is the first step is I take this exposed piece of paper in a completely pitch black room. I'm developing it as black and white in you know, Dectol for two minutes, kind of the same that I would do for any any black and white print.
0: Dectol is a paper developer.
1: Exactly. So a really aggressive paper developer. So I'm using Dectol. I usually warm it up a little bit so it's a little bit higher than than, than 20 Celsius. That's probably 25 or 26 degrees Celsius or like 76 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's a little bit warmer than normal. I'll develop that for two minutes So what's that's doing is I've developed out the black and white negative, but I still haven't gotten it ready for, for the color portion. The color portion is still not developed out. So I've, I've developed out the black and white negative. The next step is you have to stop that development. So it goes in the stop bath. And then once it's been in the stop bath for a few seconds, I go ahead and um, put it in a water bath to get as much of that yellow stop bath off of there. Once it's washed clear, I turn the lights on and I turn a, I turn a tungsten light on.
0: Is it a tungsten light
1: bulb? Yep. Just like a, you know, Edison screw-in bulb. Just something that's tungsten balanced. I think I have How like How many a, watts? Um, I have like a 45-watt halogen in there, so it just blasts it as soon as like, you know, you go from pitch black to boom. And, How long? Uh minimum of 30 seconds. I usually have a few in the tray. Is the paper in the tray? It's in the water tray? Yep. It's in the water tray, not through the, uh, the stop bath. Because if it's through the stop bath, the stop bath adds like a color cast to it because it's exposing through that
0: no kidding 30 seconds is a long time
1: yeah well basically so what's happening is if you if you get the right amount of exposure and you do develop the black and white negative appropriately yep. that black and white negative is already formed so any exposure is going to be masked by that black and white negative so you're just exposing it to you know completion essentially you're ex- and
0: what do you do for those 30 seconds while you're waiting
1: I, there's usually multiple, so I just kind of shuffle the images in the tray, and I'm, okay. and I'm looking at the negative to say, "Oh, is this going to be okay?" You know, I'm usually saying, "Oh shit, <laughs> I got something wrong." Um, okay. You know, this this paper does not have a lot of exposure latitude. We're talking two or three stops max, so it's very, it's not very forgiving. I, I've realized that I've gotten really sloppy <laughs> in a lot of my process. And um, then you
0: turn the lights off.
1: Uh no, the lights can. This is the coolest part. The lights can stay on, Mike. So, oh, yeah. Th- okay. Very, very little time in the dark. So once I've exposed it enough, you probably don't even need thirty seconds, but I do thirty seconds just to be sure. Then I put it into some Ra four developer. So then after I've done the black and white process and the exposure with the the lights still on, I'll slip it into some Ra four developer, and it's going to be rocking in that tray for about three minutes. And it's the coolest thing, Mike. It start. It, so it looks like a a paper negative, but then after about thirty seconds, a color image starts appearing in the daylight. Wow, it's so cool! You have not documented this yet? Oh, I have. Uh, it's it's one of the first videos on the like on the uh, the newer stuff on my YouTube channel. I have okay. a l- little video that at the end of it, um, I'm doing some Ra4. It's the coolest thing. The, the color image comes up. So after about two or three minutes, there, it it goes into so color doesn't have like a stop bath. Or a fixer, it has blicks, the bleach fix. Right. So after the color developer, it goes very carefully into the blix, and I say carefully because if a drop of blix hits that color developer, stuff just starts going wild. You really don't want that blix to contaminate, you know, the uh, the developer. But then it goes in the blix, and usually what happens in the Blicks is it's getting rid of that black and white negative, so the color image might be a little bit darker in the developer, but then it lightens up in the Blicks, just a smidge, and then um, after about five minutes of blix rinse it off. Since it's uh, RC paper, It's uh, you can hit it with a hair dryer or just run it through a, a roller dryer or just kind of hang it up for a half hour and then, then you're good to go. You have a color, uh, a one of color positive. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun.
0: And is it something that you think that like you're going to do this as a project for X amount of months and then you'll move on to something else? Or will this be like something that will be in your like, arsenal arsenal, arsenal be coming re- back to it like regular thing to do
1: i think it's going to be a regular thing to do going forward because the prospect of making big originals is uh really intriguing to me right now so 8x10 is like my testing size <laughs> that i'm doing with it because i have access to this uh, 16x20 that steven has we, we've done a few but it's definitely like a two-man operation once you go beyond 8x10 but and yeah and these are all kodak materials Currently, what I'm using is mostly Kodak uh, for the eight by ten sheets. I've been using Fuji Crystal Archive, so I really like the Kodak stuff better. But Fuji can also produce an okay result
3: because of uh, you said it has a narrow uh, exposure, uh, two three stops of exposure that are yeah more or less forgiving. What do you think is the 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 perfect subject matter for it? Landscapes or something more evenly lit, like a portrait, or what are you shooting? What are you doing?
1: I'm doing so because it's mostly like locked into the studio, and you need a lot of light for it. Um, mm. Stephen and I have been doing a lot of portraits with it but i did take it out in the field and test it and there's so many more variables when you're out in the field because yeah yeah you know, the color balance is always changing outside you know it, it's it sounds kind of silly but like shooting this has made me just a better photographer all around just because i'm i'm thinking about those things like oh crap the white balance is different the sun just went behind the clouds i have to add more filtration for this and it's It's been cool to to play, but the uh, portraiture is, is great. I'm, I find I'm using like really, really boring kind of lighting ratios and they still look really cool on this process. So like, I never use a one-to-one ratio. I got fired from a a photo studio job early on because I refused to use a one-to-one ratio. But when I'm doing this process, that's what I'm shooting. So my, my key light and my fill light are about the same power and it still ends up looking a little bit punchier than it would any other process.
0: You never told us you got fired from a job?
1: Oh, yeah. So I <laughs> really early you on. You were,
0: like, uh, young and uh, very, like, uh, arrogant about, like, exactly. one-to-one ratio.
1: Ha! <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was like one of those studios that uh, it was a mom-and-pop studio, but then it got bought out by, um, you know, kind of like the Sears Portrait Studio or Olin Mills. Yeah, I got fired because I was doing, like, a two-to-one ratio instead of a, a one-to-one ratio on the clients. Too then, Artistic. Exactly, like you, you cannot be creative in those jobs. They have the lights strung out, you know. Yep. Why, why is there so much dimension in your photography? Make it flatter. Exactly. It How was, dare you put a shadow on that face?
0: It's the equivalent of um, a cable TV access lighting. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Just just blast, blast it
0: and fire away.
1: Yep. Oh, so speaking of blast-it, since this process needs a lot of light, it's really fortunate that Steven does a lot of wet plate and dry plate photography because he's got some lights. On average, you need about four or 5,000 watt-seconds to get a good exposure with this.
3: So how many lights are you, are you setting up for this?
1: So he's got a few of those monster old Speedatrons. You guys remember the old Speedatron black line? Barely. So <laughs> Speedatron made some monster lights i think they were used for like industrial but some photographers used them as well they make a 4800 watt second pack which which comes with they they have 2400 4800 and 9600 watt heads and these things look they look like just like alien technology you're hooking multiple power packs up to this thing and when it pops your eyes can be closed but you'll still have like an afterglow oh my god it's it's definitely done some retinal damage. It's like X-ray. It, yes, it feels like yeah, you're gonna see someone's bones when when like like no. <laughs> you can feel the heat off of the off of the bulbs.
0: Matt, have you publicly posted any RA four portraits?
1: I don't. I think like very scarcely. Just like some stuff on like Twitter. And, uh, I haven't done any big review or any sort of like official thing with it yet because I'm still playing around. It's that's what I like about it. It's I can kind of experiment and I don't feel like tied to anything yet because i'm still labeling it as experimental you know just like shooting around do you what are the what's the plan do
0: you plan on taking this on the road or doing something public with it
1: um so the initial when i first saw that video with uh ethan moses and joe van cleve the first thing that came to my mind was man this is really similar to when steven did the the brownie camera wouldn't it be cool if like we went around the country doing color versions of the brownie camera? Yes. That's uh that's kind of the goal to see if we can fire that thing back up and uh, just start doing big old color one-ofs. So that that's the goal. We'll see if it ends up there. If it doesn't, that's cool. I've been having a lot of fun with the process nonetheless. And where's where's the best
0: place to point people if they're interested in reading about RA4 color reversal process?
1: There's very few resources out there. So I guess what I can do is um, we'll link to the, the current videos that uh, – ethan moses and joe van cleave have i think it's the the best kind of start to finish like overview of the process but there's really little stuff out there just because no one um nobody commercial ever thought of using it like that because way back in the day you had cibachrome you could actually just do positive paper In a camera and do that. There was a few photographers doing that back in the 80s and 90s, but um, nobody would have conceived of using this kind of really weird, you know, backwards means of taking a, a, a positive image. Right, right. But I will add... The cost, once you're kind of like, you have the core set up, so usually this means you're going to have to have a large format camera, either cutting 8x10 sheets down to 4x5 or 8x10 or ultra large format. This process lends itself to the big cameras a lot easier because the paper is typically made at larger sizes. So you have to have that kit kind of to start, but once you have that set up, color positive uh, prints are probably 1% of the price of color negative like film. So right now, you know, Mike, what's a, what's a box of eight by 10 portrait on the FPP site? What size? Uh, eight, eight ten.
0: Uh, if I had a guess, I don't have it in front of me, a hundred and
1: a half. Yeah. So it's like 150, 160 bucks. Right. So that's, yep. that's $16 a sheet. Sheet a, a processed sheet of <laughs> RA four is less than a dollar. Wow. Now two questions about this. Oh, sure.
0: Number one, do you have to uh, do you have to cut
1: each sheet to put into your film holder for eight by ten? No, it's actually already like perfectly sized, maybe even a smidge smaller, so it slides okay. right into the holders pretty easy. But if you have four by five, you will probably have to cut down sheets. But each eight by ten sheet is now four sheets for four by five, so it's pretty economical. You can get a box of, RA four paper for about fifty bucks, and that's a hundred sheets.
0: How archival is it? Once it's shot, finished print is done. Wh- how long will it last?
1: Ah, uh, it's RC paper, so twenty five years or so. Okay. So it's not too bad, but you know plenty of time to get a scan and like whatever you need to, put it behind some glass, so yeah, it's not the best thing ever and resolution wise film is sharper like there's no doubt about it film is way 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 sharper, and this process sometimes has little artifacts and modeling, but at the end of the day too it's i I think this is a kind of get people. Hooked kind of process. So like, if you're not, if you are like, why the hell would I do four by five or eight by ten? Like, you see this process, and you're like, whoa, this is awesome. I want one of these.
0: And it, it's very unique. And if you were on the road taking portraits of pe- portraits of folks or landscapes, it would produce a very unique, one of a kind kind of thing.
1: Yes, the uh, the closest I can liken this to is like big Polaroids, and big Polaroids are way more expensive than film is right now. So this is just another way.
3: I must say, at first, when you started explaining this process, I thought you were nuts. I'm like, who would go through all this trouble for this? Oh, my God. But now that you you liken it to a large Polaroid and that it's cheap,
1: like ultra cheap, it sounds like
3: a very interesting
1: way to go. Yeah, it's it's just like anything else. You can put in a lot of money or a lot of time into it, so I could get a better result putting four by five sheets of ectochrome into a four by five but there's also like that what i experience when i shoot a really big expensive piece of film i I get super nervous and i try not to i try not to have nerves about it but like there's all this pressure right i spent less getting all that stuff that palette of stuff from mike i spent less on that than i did the last time i bought just eight by ten film from him wow so all the pressure's gone you know i've already got the stuff i might as well make some cool work with it and The ability to say, oh, I didn't get that one. Let's take another one. I would never do that shooting, you know, really expensive one of or rare expired film. This is paper. So I'm just like the mentality is a little bit more loose. And when you experiment, I find you, you, you come, you, you arrive at the answer, but you, you do a bunch of cool stuff along the way too. Interesting. Well, it's
3: good to know that you still get scared. (laughs) Shooting. Oh, oh yeah like that's if, encouraging
1: if you say if you say you're not scared come on you're scared <laughs> you're just not admitting it exactly
0: i'm not scared <laughs> well thank you very much and i look forward to you know discussing it in the future and hopefully seeing you know some results we could share with people
1: oh yeah and i'll send you some some results that i've that i've currently got i, I would consider what I, i'm at right now like version you know i'm at version like 0.6 of where i want to be but it's it's already like it already looks cool, and some folks are like, ooh, I want that. And I'm like, no, I want it better.
0: <laughs> and maybe sometime in the future there'll be like a, you know, RA4 installation with, with you or you and Steven, the big brownie, the whole bit.
1: Oh, I would love that.
3: We'll just find an old van that we can retrofit and oh, take it all on the road. That,
1: that's the dream. Man, those vans are getting pricey, though. The Sprinter vans. Oh. Those big, tall ones. Yes, the Amazon vans. Yeah. Matt, have you oh, thought
0: yeah. about van life?
1: <laughs> I'm so close, Mike. Like everything. Come on. Yes, everything. The the way it's it's been going, I'm just like, why not? <laughs> Did
0: you know that you're allowed to to park in the Walmart parking lot? Walmart. Oh,
2: committee will vote on a new ordinance tomorrow restricting people from living in their vehicles. It's been a a legal battle here since a judge struck down the old law last year. 10 News reporter Matt Boone joining us in Mission Valley, where the city announced today it would be opening up a
1: parking lot. For people to sleep in
0: wow yep. if yep. you're
3: homeless or if you live in a van or if you live in an rv is is that what yes
0: oh. uh well no it's it's designed for people who are in rvs that they could park there but it's extended out to people who live in their cars so and there's a big there's a well there's the rv folks who you know that's they travel yeah then there's folks who are displaced from their homes but they still own cars so they sleep in their car hmm. that's a whole topic
1: it really is, Matt. That's
3: a whole new show.
0: I'm surprised. I,
3: I guess there the are people no people of Walmart, and now the people of Wal- Walmart par- parking
0: lots. Why can't I talk? Uh, there are a few <laughs> YouTube videos about the people of Walmart. Um, Walmart you know, they talk. Oh, and there's a guy shooting a documentary. He's going around about to the parking lots. He's going around to all the Wal- Walmart parking lots, talking talking to all the people. The people mm. in the parking lots—they're very talkative. Yeah. Well, they got nothing else to do. I think the requirement is you have to have a vehicle. Mm. Mm. A working vehicle. You can't
3: just park a dumper there and No, I think it needs to work. Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: Other topic we have is uh I don't consider myself hip in any way shape or form, especially like using Flickr as a platform. <laughs> Matt, I I try to turn people onto Flickr and I just get the blank stare.
3: Yeah. Is it like saying is it like saying America online at this point? It kind of Of which I am still a member.
1: Yes. It yeah Oh I'm so sorry, John. (laughs) Why?
3: (laughs) It's safe, it's secure. Nobody's going to try to hack it because who cares about AOL? So It's easy to install and easy to get started.
1: Everyone I know is on it. Email, <laughs> instant the messages. There's no better way to keep in touch. You've got mail. They made the internet easier than ever. That's true. I
3: find comfort in that.
0: No, yeah, it's, it's just almost as a stigma attached to being on. As a matter of fact, Matt, like if, you like, if the email is .aol, you're like, oh, that guy's 50. If the email is Hotmail, you're like, oh, that guy's 45. <laughs> 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 what about Yahoo. Same thing. What about yeah. a Juno
1: email, Mike? Juno.
0: Oh my god.
2: Great tier.
0: Now there's an easy and inexpensive way to get started on the internet. Juno web. Get 150 hours free, then a low flat rate of only 9.95 a month. This was definitely
3: a
1: smart decision. It's so easy. We get the whole internet at only 9.95 a month. John Link has a Juno oh, email. Yeah, that was right. that was my first email was a Juno email. Yeah,
2: that's me. John Link.
0: Or a, a CompuServe. CompuServe. So, but there's stigma attached to AOL. You get shit all the time, right, John?
1: People just sort of like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, you're giving them your like, fake email, and you're like, no, I really read like, this. They're uh, like, no, you don't.
3: All your information is all tied into your Google account. Ha ha, have fun when that gets hacked. Yeah. Nobody cares yeah. about AOL. It's
0: true. So, Matt, the hot new thing is TikTok.
1: There's, I'm seeing a lot of film love showing up on there, Um I downloaded the app in like January, kind of this whole like new year. I just want to see what's out there, learn some new skills. I started browsing around. And of course there's lots of like, you know, comedy and memes and, you know, uh, just funny stuff. "Quote oh, unquote comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just like kids having fun, but there's also like some businesses that are kind of like trying to masquerade as cool kids. But then I also noticed there's like a, a decent amount of the photography that shows up on there is film. So they're not, It's not seen as kind of a a niche or, uh, or like a stigma necessarily, but there are just, there is a lot of film love on there, which I think is pretty cool. And, and not many of the same players that you would see running around on Facebook or Twitter. They're, they're genuinely different folks or folks that are only on Instagram and TikTok or maybe even only TikTok. So, uh, I'm definitely not trying to be a personality there, but there's some cool folks on there and they're all way, way younger. We're talking like, teens and like early 20s at, at tops and what are they shooting what's their content just um, it's, whatever it's them shooting 35 you know it's it, it's kind of like it, it almost reminds me of like 90s grunge kind of the color palette scratchy film grindy borders cross process so you know just kind of like all the uh, it, it looks like a lamography trailer video but with a little bit more um there's a little bit of an educational spin, but there also isn't. So they don't go too deep because the max video length is 60 seconds. The minimum video is about 15. So there's there's only so much you can do with that. So it, they usually don't go educational, unless it's like funny or lighthearted and to, to music. But it, it's just interesting to see, and I think. Uh, Somebody who's getting into film shooting could actually pick up a lot of inspiration on TikTok, but not necessarily pick up a lot of the, uh, the essential information, you know? So they'll like see it and they'll be inspired by it, but then they have to go somewhere else to figure it out, you know? more punk rock it is it definitely is and it's the people that the people that uh i don't want to say shit on it but you know the people that are are saying oh tiktok whatever like no it's just another place where people are saying oh i want to try that or oh i want to do this so it's it's all good it's all positive
3: the film shooters are shooting still photography or motion picture photography
1: a vast majority of them are doing stills but they're posting little compilations using their phones on tiktok so tiktok's primarily app-based you, you have to, if you want to use something that's been previously edited with, like, um, Premiere or Resolve or something, you, you'd have to do that, export it, put it onto your phone, and then you can upload it from there. But it's it's optimized for somebody that has, like, an iPhone 11, and they want to, like, cut together a video on their phone. I know there's a lot of filters that are popular yes. on that. there's a ton of filters. And you know what, Mike? I, I think you would love TikTok. I'm going to try it. Because... Yeah it's a lot like shooting straight eight. Like there's, yep. you have to like, you have to hold the button, do a cut here, move the camera, do a cut here, do a cut here. There's transitions, there's pop-ups, there's filters, there's voice effects. It's, it's actually pretty neat. And uh, what's the, what's the length of video? Uh, 15 seconds to 60 seconds. Oh, 15 seconds or 60 seconds? Yep. And you can do anything in between. Yep. Oh, okay. That's beautiful. It's great. You can, it's just enough to get the point across, but not enough to like lose the average attention span.
0: i cause I've been thinking about releasing attack of the potential potato people <laughs> Do it. shot on super eight in 1984 as little clips rather than the whole there
2: you go
1: well perfect you could have a half a million followers that you've never heard of instantly by putting that stuff on tiktok i have attack of the potato people i have the puppet pizza killer yes put seriously put that stuff on tiktok
0: and people are gonna be like oh man that's so cool it's so retro uh, yeah it was actually shot in 1984
1: <laughs> yeah and then you then like then you show them like what it's on they're like oh unfollowed <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's just some creepy old dude. Exactly. Hey man, yeah. you've been you've been following that an old man. <laughs> what?
1: That, that's the only that's the only thing that's gonna be scary. Mike is there. There will be people that follow you, and you're gonna be like, nope, too young. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not gonna have a picture of myself. Oh, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, my god! <laughs> they won't know. I'll
0: fool them. So for TikTok, you put an avatar up.
1: Yeah, you can put up, and the avatar is actually so there's an icon, but then when you like hover over it, it's a short little video clip or a gif. Okay, you gonna check it out, John?
0: My daughter does it all the time. My kids, yeah, do. but your
1: kids, what? Eleven? Like boys are twelve. Yeah. See, okay, that's, they that's they the thing. It. There's, they, there's they, young kids on there. You gotta watch out. They
3: create hilarious stuff with those uh, voice changing and face changing apps.
1: It's crazy.
0: It's it's psychedelic. It's really trippy. Is it going to evolve? Is it going to fade away? What do you think?
1: No, I I think it's going to evolve. Um, I think the, the money interests uh, that are doing it right now are like fast food joints and uh, like certain banks and stuff. So there are people that are monetizing it a little bit, but I don't think it, that's what it's for. I think it's for the people that don't want to have like a fully polished... Um, brand or presence kind of thing and and people that already have an established base they're just using it as like another thing
3: you know you know that platform is worth well over a billion dollars oh yeah it's huge wow did you say a billion oh, well over a billion dollars could uh, be two billion dollars
0: maybe five billion dollars could be
3: five billion as many hamburgers and as it, McDonald's and it are. doesn't
0: really matter what the platform is every one of them just takes all of your information from your phone right
1: absolutely so don't put anything up that, you know, you didn't want out there.
2: Well,
0: very good. This has been
3: very exciting, Matt. Very extensive.
0: Started on 8x10, ended
3: on TikTok. Ran the gamut.
1: Yeah, who you know, who knows where it's going to go.
0: Exactly. Well, uh, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. A bidinga-ba. A bidinga-ba. That is our email address if you'd like to send a, uh email out to us. Matt, I mean, I get emails, but I have to tell you, you know, most folks are just sending Instagram messages. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, difficult to kind of collect them for the show. What show? And I, if I say to people on Instagram, hey, can you send me an email? I think that they think, what are you, some kind of nut? They're like, <laughs> yeah, should
3: I send it to your AOL
0: account? <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm convinced people aren't even reading emails because an FPP customer will send a roll of straight eight film for developing. I'll get the film. And there'll be no information on the film, just in a tin. So I'm like, oh, okay. So what is this? So I contact customer through their order, which is email address. Nothing, nothing, nothing. That's because, in my opinion, this customer is ordering on their phone, Uh, using their email address for their account, but they don't check their email address. They're only on Instagram. Mm. I've
1: been seeing that a lot on the retail side too. Wow,
0: and that's rough. So what do I? What do I do? Well, well I go into the, new the paradigm, dark room, man. I take a little, you know, little clip of their film. Oh, that sucks. Turn the light on. Got to and figure out what it is. I have to figure out what it is. You're is like it, Columbo. Is it color? Is it black and white? Well, I need to know right now. These are the millenniums, right? What's the new millenniums called? I don't know. Gen Gen Z. Oh, Gen Z. Oh, is it Gen Z?
1: For right so, now, yeah.
0: There's nothing there's no standard, and it used to be email that's uh, okay there's the stand now it's you know the you know it's too much going on twitter the instagram facebook messaging I'm so confused It's not centralized and it's very frustrating if you're just trying to you know communicate as much as communication is new now, it seems to me that there's more miscommunication than ever mm. what are we going to do about it yeah, Matt. You're closer to Gen Z than us. Yeah, really. Uh, you're the future.
1: I, no, I'm I'm constantly confused by it. That's why I downloaded the TikTok. I wanted to try and understand it. And uh, the best I can do is is remain positive about it. But the communication thing, I I don't know.
0: <laughs> we we gotta all get on the same page here. Yep. I mean, come on. Well, that's the thing, folks listening. Uh, let's just remain positive about it. If, yeah. You know, <clears throat> you know, it's sort of like sending an email to your parents. Just be cool, man. They don't know how to get it.
3: <laughs> super positive hey yeah. mom i sent
0: you an email it's oh like, yeah I, it's I like don't...
3: trying to face time with your parents
1: it's my... like dad
3: take the phone from out of underneath
0: your face i'm tired of looking at your nose hair can you please <laughs> just put it on a normal man my parents their phones their cell phones mm-hmm. they're only they only turn it on when they make a call oh my god really why i i don't i think it's like you know like a early 20th century mentality of, you know, you don't want to waste it. Ugh, waste what? So my parents never have their cell phone on. Wow. Only when they use it. Hmm. it. doesn't make any sense. It's mad. I don't want to become that. No, you <laughs> won't. Uh, anything else we missed, Matt? Uh, oh, we didn't do the x-ray film.
1: Uh, 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 we'll save it for uh, next Friday. Yeah, we can save it for next Friday. It's all good.
0: All right, we'll save it. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show.
3: What about uh some do you have some listeners you wanna call out? No. Out? <laughs> no. No.
0: And uh we'll be back uh hopefully soon. We'll definitely definitely be back on the fifteenth. And hopefully uh we'll do a pop up bonus episode if there's any in between n- news developing in the world. Bing 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 those tunnels, bing, boom, right under the toilet, bing, boom, right up other than the <laughs> coronavirus. Right.
1: Uh we we almost went a whole episode without saying it.
0: Yeah, I'll cut out. I'll I'll, I'll reverse it. <laughs> uh, yeah, rocking up. It's like puppets. Bing, bing. Uh, okay, well, very good, folks. We'll uh, go out with. Uh, you want to go out with another Pink Pink delicate song? Maybe. Sure. Well, oh. you want me to pick one? Well, last time we played um, your song. What was that called? Words. Last time we played words.
3: Uh, how about we go complete opposite of that and play uh, Surf Pajama Party?
0: <laughs> oh, what album is that on? That's
3: on Who Stole a Quiet Day?
0: Okay, Surf <clears throat> Pajama Party. It's
3: what you should have while you're in quarantine with your loved one or loved ones. Or even if you're uh, singly quarantined, you can uh, dance
0: along if you like. And if you like the song, it's called Pink Delicates. And um, what platform is the first album on?
3: Uh, well, we, I actually have CD copies.
0: Oh, my goodness. I have a shit ton of them in my basement. Well, if you, if you at home have an AOL account, you probably, have a, <laughs> you probably have a CD player. <laughs> yes, you do. And if you want a copy, uh, let me know. How about
3: if you, know, if you buy uh, two rolls of yes. film and you specify that you want the CD, we'll send you the CD? Oh, yes. wow.
0: Buy something in the filmphotographystore.com and say in the comments... Please send me CD. please send me Pink Delicates CD.
3: And Mike Rasso did uh, the um, what do you call it the design the cover design I designed the cover. Yes. yes. Cool photography. Very good. Oh, okay. it's av- also available on iTunes and Spotify and all that shows. We need space. Then we need chicks then let's fill
2: the top with gray. PJ's starts brinsing the life. It's time for a limbo Don't pass out on the back of the floor <laughs> yeah